It's fair to say that I don't meet many people who don't describe themselves as emotional eaters, certainly not in my line of work. And it's usually one of the most challenging habits to unpick when we're trying to improve our nutrition. It's the reason that we can do all the right things all week and then come the weekend when we're tired, stressed, or even actually in a celebratory mood for getting through the week, it can totally seem to fall apart. And so continues that cycle of restrict and binge, never feeling like we get anywhere because we just can't seem to stop with the emotional eating. So I'm really happy to be joined today by a guest who has made it her mission to help free women from the binge restrict diet cycle and from emotional eating. I know this one's really going to resonate. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. So welcome back to this episode 43 of the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. I hope you're having a fabulous week and I am so happy to have you here as always. And I know you're going to love today's episode because today we're talking about something that gets mentioned to me a lot and that is emotional eating. I mean, we've all been there at the end of a busy week when life is feeling stressful and we want to soothe ourselves or even in the good times when we're celebrating, rewarding ourselves, we bring out the foods that we deem to be bad. And then of course, we can so easily go over the top and feel really guilty afterwards. So today I am joined by Annabella Zadar, who is a therapist, clinical hypnotherapist and recovery from emotional eating coach. And she's going to be sharing some of her own experiences about how she freed herself from emotional eating and help us to see how we can do the same by working on our relationship with ourselves to ditch the restriction and deprivation and feel more confident and more importantly, get away from the emotional eating roller coaster. So welcome, Annabella. Brilliant to have you here. Oh, thank you, Alex. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So to get started, um, I know this is going to resonate with an awful lot of people out there because, you know, so many women come to me saying that they feel they've got this really emotional relationship with food. So can you tell us a bit about your own experiences with that and where your passion for working in this area actually came from? Well, my passion came from actually being an emotional eater myself, although actually not realizing for quite a long time that I was. So like many people, I'd struggled certainly all my adult life and probably going back into my childhood a little bit with weight, with weight issues and actually spending most of my adult life on a diet or trying to desperately maintain the weight loss that I had achieved. And I was put on my first diet actually at the age of 10. And it was wow. well-meaning, I know. But I think actually what it was all about was I was weighed, I think, by the school nurse. And because I developed early, I was quite a tall child. I just didn't fit into where I should. Because actually I've looked back recently on photographs 
of me as a child. And I definitely wasn't that, wasn't overweight Mm. at all, actually. So that was the beginning of a life on cycle of endless thinking about food, thinking about diets, thinking about my weight, lack of body confidence, turning to food to make me feel better. And that went on and on and on. And I'd lose weight. I'd keep, you know, I I desperately tried to keep where I was, but I'd end up putting the weight back on because I would turn to food again. And then over the years, just putting more and more weight on. Mm. And then a few years ago, I discovered actually that there was quite a foolproof way of actually feeling amazing about myself first of all so that I then acted in a way which served me Mm. and then I kind of naturally felt much better in myself I did things that served me so I ate better I moved my body more because I removed those limiting beliefs that ultimately mean that we turn to food to make us feel better Mm. and that was actually through finding hypnosis and hypnotherapy dealing with those limiting beliefs that we all have to one extent or another and realizing that you can change them Mm. and through hypnosis it's very powerful because they're held at a subconscious level and hypnosis allows us to to access the subconscious mind and to change those beliefs without willpower so it's wonderful so yeah and the rest is history. So my passion really came from helping people with the same issues that I had and putting behind, you know, I've had other careers. I was a lawyer, I was a teacher, and now I'm living my purpose. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, what you were saying then is like something that pretty much all of us can relate to, right? I can relate to that. I didn't probably didn't start dieting at 10, but, you know, certainly by my sort of mid twenties when I didn't even need to be dieting, I was dieting just because that's what you did. You know, particularly, you know, I grew up in what the nineties, the waif, the super waif, all that kind of thing, thigh gap. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's very hard not to kind of respond to that. And, you know, I definitely would have put myself in the emotional eater camp in the past but you know I now recognize that it was simply because of the dieting that I was an emotional eater and you know I'm not saying I don't do it now but I can kind of it is more of a oh it's Friday night you know I've had a busy week let's have a couple of glasses of wine and a you know bar of chocolate or whatever and it's not done in a kind of like a reactionary way it's done in a kind of Hey, this is just a nice thing to do. And I think once you reframe that and you're like, well, actually, that's that's okay. Like emotional eating to some extent is okay. It's just when it goes to the point, like you say, of this kind of cycle of the dieting and deprivation, and then obviously Absolutely. react. So and it just they just feed each other. And it's mm. it's but you know, I actually was listening to one of your or a couple of your episodes, and I noticed mm. how you said, you know, having a glass of wine and chocolate. I mean, how boring would life be if yeah. you could have those, you know? So yeah. Yeah, all about ditching the deprivation, the restrictions, so that you can just have whatever you want. But as you say, you have that awareness, so you catch yourself. Yeah, and I think that that this is a, a really tough one for people. And lots of conversations I've had with people is that fear. We're very emotionally attached to dieting. You know, we're not just emotionally attached to food, but we're emotionally attached to dieting. And, you know, even when we've reached a point where we, we can recognize it's not serving us, we can find it very hard to... Yeah release our dependence on that so how can we start to get our heads around that how can we start to bring that to a close for ourselves well firstly is what you say is completely right because actually most of my clients when I say to them 
you're going to, by the end of this program, you're going to be able to eat whatever you want. Uh, and, and there is real fear. There's like, I don't think I can do that, you know? <laughs> and I assure them they can, and obviously they can at the end. The first start is awareness. And in fact, when I work with my clients, we work on discovering certain things. Then we reprogram so they, they can eat whatever they want, whenever they want, but they're in, they feel that control that they haven't felt before. And then it's all about incorporating those habits into their lifestyle. So it's sustainable, whether they're in, uh, whether they're a busy mother or whether they're in a corporate job, whatever it is. But the first thing really is awareness. And so we work very much at the beginning. We don't even talk about food. It's awareness as to what any limiting beliefs they may have about themselves around perhaps not feeling good enough, not feeling lovable, etc. Awareness as to why they're particularly looking to food to make them feel better, because other people might use drink or smoking or shopping or sex mm. or whatever. And then also discovering the predominant feeling that is driving that behavior. So it's all about discovering these things, because when we have that awareness as to what's going on, then it's so much easier to change. Yeah. And I think just at the start of what you were saying there, I was kind of thinking of, I'm sure I've seen this saying somewhere before that, you know, dieting is something that was invented to solve a problem that doesn't exist kind of thing. And so we've all got into this cycle where, where like say in my twenties, I started dieting when really there was no need no. because I simply wanted to be smaller. And then you essentially create that problem. So then coming out of it, it feels like, you know, the solution can't possibly be to eat what you want to eat because you know yeah. I think the worry that most people have is oh my god well if I do that I'm just going to keep eating I'm never going to stop and I'm going to eat all the wrong things and I'll just pile on this weight and I'll feel even worse about myself so how do you persuade people that this is going to work for them because I think most yeah. people aren't convinced it's going to work yeah so it seems very counterintuitive mm. it's like this hasn't worked for me in the past so it's not going to work for me now mm. so essentially they become an intuitive eater now, intuitive eating is science-backed. It's a set of principles. And I think there are 12 principles, but essentially it's eating when you are physically hungry and stopping when you're full and allowing yourself to eat what you want to eat. Because when we tell ourselves we can't have something, mm. then of course it drives that, well, I've got to have it then. So it's giving yourself permission to eat whatever you want to eat it's letting go of judgment because we end up judging foods. These are good foods. These are bad foods. Yeah. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. And it's when you give yourself permission to eat whatever you want to eat, then suddenly that food loses its allure. If you say, look, you can eat it for breakfast, you can have it for lunch, you can eat it tonight, you can eat it tomorrow, you know, you can eat it the next day. And it's like, oh, actually, you know, I ate it and I wasn't really hooked on it. So I can even get my clients to, to produce a list of foods that they're like, I cannot eat that because it's bad. But of course, those are the foods that they predominantly eat as an emotional eater because it makes yeah. them feel good. And to actually go through those foods, you know, buy it, eat some of it and actually eat it slowly, mindfully and consciously, because that's a really big part of it as well. Really enjoying the foods, enjoying the textures, mm -hmm. enjoying the flavors, because so often we eat and we eat quickly to get that kind of uh, that fix that food gives us, those sugary foods or processed foods. But when we eat slowly, mindfully and consciously, we're really enjoying those foods and we're getting satisfaction from them. Yeah. And then naturally, when we eat foods that we actually want to eat, 
we feel satisfied by them and then we we feel okay whereas actually when we restrict ourselves and we eat the lettuce and we eat the you know I was fed cottage cheese on rivitas you know and that kind of is shows how long ago it was is that's the kind of food you ate when you're on a diet you know you're never satisfied so then you want to eat more and then when you eat the food that you really wanted to eat then you end up binge eating it and feeling terrible yeah and I think that's the thing isn't it it's when you're in that place you feel guilty for eating the things you're not supposed to eat and so that drives you to almost like literally shove it down without thinking about it and not enjoying it and I think you know the one thing I found in my own journey is that by allowing myself to eat whatever I want when I want when I have those things I like really enjoy them and I don't Absolutely. just, you know, I, I remember the days in my 20s when, you know, a good Saturday night was a bottle of wine and literally an entire big pack of Tangfastics or something. Are they called Tangfastics? You know, the ones <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Haribo ones. Yeah, and like a whole big bag of those as well, like because I was so, you know, the rest of the week, I, I would limit myself so much and not have the sugar and, you know, be really good in inverted yeah. commas all week that on a Saturday night, I'd go for it. I wouldn't dream of doing that now because it just, I'd have a couple, but it wouldn't, you know, I'd much rather have a nice few chocolates or some dark chocolate or something like that. And I think it teaches you to like, listen to what you're actually enjoying as well. Absolutely. And the other thing, obviously, which also helps in the work that I do and which kind of takes away really any form of action taking is using a hypnosis recording with direct suggestions. Mm. So it's finding out what the client needs to hear in terms of themselves and then putting direct suggestions in the recording. So you eat slowly, mindfully, and consciously, you know, you love the food you eat, you love the textures and flavors. You've let go of the restriction deprivation, whatever it is. And they listen to that for 21 days and it literally reprograms those neural pathways. Hmm. so you went my clients say oh my god I don't know what you've done to me because I picked up my knife and fork and I did eat slowly mindfully and consciously hmm. and then I felt full and I stopped so you know that is also a huge support because hmm. your subconscious mind as opposed to your conscious mind takes on those direct suggestions without your conscious mind arguing so it's just like yep that's what's going to happen and that's hmm. what happens yeah and I think as well, like you said before, it's it's that combination of things, isn't it? You know, the hypnotherapy is amazing. And, and I have, I've used hypnotherapy for certain things in the past and I can definitely attest to it being, you know, really, really helpful. But like you say, the other side of it is working on your, actually your own relationship with yourself. Because, you know, I'm of the mindset that you can't make true change from a place of hate. If you hate yourself, you hate what you see in the mirror, you're going to find it incredibly hard. So what are a couple of the first steps that people can take? Because it's a long journey for some people to do that. What are a couple of the first steps that people can take towards not necessarily like loving themselves, but I I always say it's like being okay with themselves as they are. Absolutely. Well, you've hit the nail on the head the most important relationship we ever have is the one we have with ourselves. And it is, I mean, I do use self-love and it does sound a bit cheesy and a bit Mm. kind of overused. It's a bit kind of Instagram-y, I suppose, you know, but it's true. You have to love yourself. And again, it's counterintuitive. You have to accept yourself as you are now to allow that change to happen. So I would, you know, I encourage my clients to perhaps do something like mirror work and people say, oh my goodness, I can't look in a mirror because I hate what I see. And I say, if that's what you feel, that's exactly why you have to do mirror work. Yeah. So it's listening to that inner critic within you that's telling you you're fat, you're ugly, you're a failure, whatever it is that it's telling you. And then reframing that into a positive affirmation 
So, you know, I'm amazing. I'm absolutely enough. I'm deserving of a loving, healthy relationship with myself, whatever it is that you want to say to yourself. And then practicing that in front of the mirror. And it was Louise Hay, I think, that came up with mirror work to begin with. And I think she says to say things over and over about 100 times. Well, if we're busy, we don't always have 100 times. But, you know, if you can say it as much as you can, that's great. Affirmations are amazing. There are lots of free affirmation recordings on YouTube. Doing things ultimately that serve you. So that's eating healthy, nutritious food. And that's not diet food you know, but it's food that is nourishing, that's going to make you feel great. It's moving your body, not exercising. I mean, I know you you obviously work in, in fitness and I hope yeah. you approve of that. <laughs> some people say, oh, I don't want to work out. And I totally get that. Yeah. But when you say, oh, I'm moving my body, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dancing, I'm having fun, I'm doing Pilates, whatever it is, but it's doing things that really serve you in the end. But yeah, affirmations, journaling is amazing. You know, why do I feel this way? And just doing a kind of stream of consciousness. Mm. You know, when I work with clients, I work very much on getting to the root cause of why they don't Mm. have that relationship with themselves. And that's really powerful because it doesn't have to be trauma with a big T. It can be trauma with a little T. It can Mm. be the odd diminishing remark from your parents or your teacher, or perhaps you were bullied or something like that. But when we have that awareness, that yes, it was absolutely understandable that you felt that way as a seven or eight year old, but now you're a, you're an adult, you know, and you you are confident. You're amazing. You're beautiful. So really, building them up is incredible. Yeah, because I you know I'm, I'm very much of the mind that if we don't like ourselves and we can't look in the mirror, then that's how we're going to treat ourselves. <laughs> Whereas if we can come to a place of more comfort, like I say, I don't you know I don't expect myself to look in the mirror every day and go, oh my god, you're so amazing. But just to look in the mirror and go, actually, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, once you can do that, you can start to cultivate more kindness to yourself generally. And you know, that's moving your body it's eating well it's eating nutritious foods all that kind of thing and it's you know and it does you know like so many things I'm convinced that it comes down to so much mindset and actually just while you were talking then I was like madly looking at my phone because I've got this app this affirmations app if anyone's interested out there it's called think up you can pay for it I don't pay for it yet but it's got some recorded affirmations on there but actually you can record up to three of your own affirmations so like you were saying before you don't necessarily have time to stand there and say it to yourself a hundred times in front of the mirror but you can record it yourself and listen to those affirmations when you're out walking or doing your commute or whatever you are and like you say it's that subconscious stuff like you've got to just keep putting it in there putting it in yeah Um, yeah It it takes longer on a conscious level to keep kind of repeating that but your mind will get it your mind is always always listening to what you're saying and what you're thinking, Mm -hmm. you know? So sometimes we have to lie a little bit to our minds. And so keep saying, you might not feel it to begin with, you know, I am lovable, I'm enough, I'm deserving of whatever. But if you keep on saying it to yourself, that little voice that's always there will become dimmer and dimmer. I really like the I am enough one because that doesn't feel like too much of a stretch for a lot of us. It yeah. feel hard to say it, but it doesn't feel like saying, I love myself. You know, that's that can be a real stretch and you're like, really not feeling this. Whereas saying I am enough can be a really good place to start that, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm good enough. I'm beautiful enough. I'm a good enough mother. I'm a good enough partner, whatever it is. Because absolutely everybody is good enough. So it's the signature to what I do and it's the base 
of, as you say, having that amazing relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. that allows you to implement that change in your life. And I think people don't have to worry, well, I'm never going to have a relationship myself like that. Just start, you know, just start doing something every day that's going to get you on that journey. Yeah, it's like I always come back to, it's the small steps. Um, That's been amazing. So really helpful. I think we've covered so much there. I think we've kind of started off on the emotional eating and kind of moved on to, I suppose, what is the foundational stuff that we need to do is that we think that it's just, oh, I just need to stop eating emotionally. But actually, there's a lot of kind of stuff that comes underneath that. And I think that when we can work on those other things as well, and when we can get mindful and when we can, you know, work on our mindset, I think that is what makes the big difference. And it takes time. You know, it does take a bit of time. It does take a bit of commitment. But I can attest to the the fact that it is really worth it because I've done it for myself over the last few years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not been an overnighter, but my goodness, is it like made such a difference to how I feel about myself. I love that. I love that. One thing I would like to kind of ask your listeners if they struggle with it is to just do one thing straight away. And that is to get that awareness as to what the feeling is. Because as I say, some people don't even know they're emotional eaters. Some do, but they'll just say, oh, I think it's boredom or I think it's loneliness or whatever it is. So I think if you can start tracking and do it for as long really as you need to do, but just when you you get that urge to eat and you know it's you're going to eat emotionally and it's a subconscious action, so you have to act quickly, otherwise you're at the fridge door eating is to just write down the time, how you were feeling before, what you ate and how you felt afterwards. And if you do that for at least 48 hours, you're going to get a pattern as to what that feeling is. And then create a distraction plan as to what you'll do next time you have that feeling and you want to go and eat. And then put that distraction plan somewhere. You know, when I have this feeling and I want to eat, this is what I'll do. Something that will give you what you were looking to food Mm. for. If you're lonely and you want some love, what can you do that will give you that love? Perhaps it's a bubble bath, perhaps it's texting with a friend, perhaps it's, I don't know, going for a long walk, but having an action plan in place that allows you to do something that will give you what you were looking to food to give you. Yeah, I love that. Really good place to start. So that's been fabulous. Before we go, can you just tell people where they can sort of touch base with you, find out more about what you do? Of course. So probably... A good start is my Instagram, actually, which is Annabella Zida. My website, which is also www.annabellazida.com. And on Facebook, you can find me there too. So yeah, all the main places. And you mentioned as well to me earlier that you had a freebie to offer everybody as well. Yeah, so it's a trigger tracker. It's something you can download, you can start filling out. And that's exactly what I was just talking about. So it's getting that awareness Mm -hmm. as to what is actually triggering you to go and eat food. So yeah, they can download that and hopefully it will give them that awareness that will allow them to start on this journey of change. Brilliant. And of course, we will pop all of the details and links in the show notes for you as well. So thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me been a brilliant chat and so much helpful information. So I hope all of you out there have got some really good stuff to help you improve your relationship with food and ultimately with yourself. We all know that emotional eating can be a real minefield, but one that we don't have to spend the rest of our lives navigating, I hope. So I hope this has given you some big help in starting to unpick any of those habits you have. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me again this week. It's been an absolute pleasure as always, and I will look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. 
don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration. <laughs>